All right, all right. Hello and welcome back to Alex's Daily Ground. But at the same time, I'm recording this uh, live video, obviously, and recording my podcast at the same time. How cool is that? I mean, for, for those who want to see it, here's a live thing that's probably going to be available for, I don't know, 24 hours just in the story thing. And podcast, well, it goes to podcast. So just killing two birds with one stone. That's pretty cool. So I had a different topic in mind for today, but um, I just shot a video um, that was supposed to be a video on how to create requirements for your uh, startup app. Instead, I figured out that we have three months of work ahead of us. And uh, since I'm doing this Raising a Unicorn series, I figured out there's there's just a bunch of stuff that needs to be taken care of before uh, we actually get to uh, to the requirements. And the requirements becomes part of it too, but um, I just made the list. I want to go over the list for those who are starting their startups for even for, for mature companies. You know, all this stuff needs to be taken care of. So I'm just going to go over this real quick. This is not going to be a long episode today because, you know, these are just quick notes, but they're really important. So I started to work on the vision document. I completed the vision document and I gave you uh, the layout that I used for our newest startup. It's in one of the videos uh, in the profile on my Instagram. Uh, but then I figured out that now we have to break down the vision to figure out what the MVP is really like. And the MVP sta uh, stands for Minimal Viable Product. So this is the first version of your application. This is what you go live with. And of course, it can't be that big, bold, wide, uh, globe-wide uh, application. I mean, it needs to have just the right amount of uh, information, just the right amount of features to get the attention of your users as well as uh, provide enough value for them to stay with your app and to come back, so to retain them. So this is what I'm doing uh, this is what we, we what we have done already today. So we figured out what the MVP is. Uh, it's like maybe 20% of the vision that we had. And still pretty cool. Needs to be exciting. You can't really go with your full vision. And that's one of the common mistakes that, uh, for example, we had a customer who was pushing to get everything he had in mind developed. And that was a huge mistake, obviously, because we spent... Uh, two years developing something that, uh, you know, at the end became obsolete. It wasn't something that uh, people wanted to see. I mean, he never did, you know, uh, the testing. He never did the, you know, the alpha. He just basically believed in his product so much that, uh, and he had the funds to, you know, to basically see what, what it is. So he had enough funds to get that version he was dreaming about. But then it became so complicated and the, the app itself became so complex that nobody could really understand what it was. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, it was never launched in the end of the day. And that's a very common theme, really. Uh, and that's one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of startups do uh, make. What you have to do instead is to set yourself a deadline, uh, well, I would say three to six months to... Uh, build the product, build the first MVP and release it. Three to six months, that's that's your top 
uh, deadline. Don't go over a year, two years, you know, whatever. Uh, even if you have, even if you're spending your own money, especially if you're if you're spending your own money, don't do that. Go three, three months uh, to six months before you develop uh, and release your first uh, your first version of the MVP. Uh, that will give you enough space to then maneuver and maybe you know pivot and you know do something else. Okay. The second thing after breaking down the vision and figuring out what the minimal viable product is, uh, we're gonna estimate the development effort, obviously. So now that we have uh, 20% of the original wide vision, now we're going to estimate the development effort to understand how long is it actually going to take to develop this thing. That's an easy thing. It, you know, it takes probably about two hours to basically down, you know, understand uh, how many man months it will take to develop the app, the backend, uh, you know, what kind of service we'll need if we need to use video, what kind of Amazon service we'll need for that. So that's a whole, you know, routine for the development team to figure it out. Then the third thing is we need to get quotes from corporate attorneys who deal with startups on a daily basis and get the best price for C-Corp setup, terms, and investor contract preparations. Uh, this is why it's important. Uh, no investor will ever talk to you, obviously, if you don't have a C-Corp. And C-Corporation is the industry standard uh, because it's the most common uh, type of company uh, that gets acquired. And investment is the most pleasant experience for the investor uh, when it's a C-Corporation. The terms are important because you will have to have the terms for the users, you will have to have the terms for the investor, you will have to have the terms inside your uh, stakeholder community and the investor contract is important because if you're not going to invite your first investor, your seed round investor or even series A investor to be part of the board uh, of the board or become the stakeholder of the company, then you will have to keep your stakeholder community small, like you know, there are three of you, for example, or four of you, but then you issue those options to uh, your investors. And that's where, when the contract comes to play, basically, which says that the investor gives you, you know, half a million dollars, for example, for, you know, equivalent of 10% of the company, but actually the investor is not buying the company or stake in the company. It's the equivalent. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's what's supposed to be the dividends later. Okay. The, number four, uh, once we have all the numbers, obviously we create the pitch deck you need to know how, how long it's gonna take and how much it's gonna to take to develop the product. You need to have quotes from um, the attorneys on how long and how much it's gonna to take to create the C-Corp for you, all the terms, uh, investor contract and all that stuff. Once you have all that, you're ready to uh, work on your pitch deck. Once the pitch deck is ready, then uh, you go. We, we will go back to our investor and uh, we'll pitch him one more time even though all the details have already been uh, discussed many times, but the pitch deck is the formal step, the final formal step before the investor gives you the final approval. And uh, that's when you know everything has been done right. So the final approval on your, uh, on your pitch deck means that now you can actually go back to your attorneys and, and give them green light to form the company. And uh, don't do it before that. I mean, the investor will ask you, I mean, do you have a company already? Uh, sometimes it's, it's good to have a company already, but uh, it, it's, it also doesn't really make much sense because uh, you're already paying something and you, you don't have the, you don't 
you don't have the yes from the investor yet. So I would go as lean as possible. Uh, if you're a startup, just, you know, you need to have all the numbers, obviously. You need to have the connections. You need to, you know, have every, have everyone on the standby. And once you get the yes from the investor, then you form the company. It takes like one day or something. And uh, the next step is you sign the investor contract. So you would need to have a template, obviously, before the investor looks at your pitch deck. You would have to um, have all the terms that you want. So the negotiation happens uh, once you talk uh, your investor through the pitch deck. Then you negotiate if the investor says yes, you negotiate the terms. And then you give the terms back to the attorneys. The company is formed. The contract is prepared and the contract is signed. Usually it takes, you know, up to two weeks to complete all this, all this stuff. Uh, after that, you do the, the pleasant part. You go and you open the bank account. That, I mean, it takes like 40 minutes. Uh, once you create a bank account, then based on the investor contract, you go back to the investor. You give, you know, all the details to his representatives. And that's when you receive your first installment, like... Uh, However you decide to do this, usually no investor would ever give you, you know, like $2 million in one installment, for example, but, you know, that will break them down based on your development plan, your marketing uh, needs and all that stuff. But sometimes, you know, it could happen in, one, in just one payment, but most of the time it's not. So you will have a plan of your payments and you will receive your first installment. That's when you have the money to actually get the ball rolling. That's when you need to have your development team on standby. That's when you need to have your marketing team on standby or, well, you might be the marketing team and you might be the development team yourself, uh, yourselves. I'm not sure, you know, how many people you have on your team, but in the typical setup, you would have those separate. Uh, and then you start developing, obviously, because you need to have the product, right? Uh, and here's the trick, tricky part about this. Obviously, if you're working with a contractor, you would have a separate contract for those guys. You would have to pay your attorneys again to, to prepare the contract. You need to be really wise and cautious about that stuff because that's where the majority of the money will go, uh, the initial phase, until you hit marketing. Uh, marketing, obviously, usually takes uh, a bigger chunk, but initially, development is where the money is going to. So you need to be really cautious about who you work with, why you work with them, uh, what the track record, uh, track record is, how they can help you further, you know, are they, do, do, do they understand the basics like that you're building, you know, a, a wide, a big product and then, you know, the architecture needs to be uh, built in from day one, even though you won't have enough features to support that architecture uh, for the MVP. So there's a lot of details that I will uh, do a separate video on, but that's really important. So once you start the development and development is on the way, that's when you, uh, why I said this is a plan for three months, because basically if you give yourself six months till MVP, then somewhere around month three or four, uh, you need to start setting, setting up meetings with uh, the power users. That's what they're called or influencers or whatever. Uh, when you have at least 30 to 50% of the product ready and the MVP release date can be secured and is reliable. Uh, this is a very important step that a lot of startups really miss and somehow they just neglect it and skip it. But this is the most important part actually because developing the product itself might be challenging and technically complicated, but it's not impossible. Like anything can be built. Uh, what's more important is how you go about selling that thing and how you start, how you market it. 
I mean, it's the the easiest way is to just you know get five million dollars from uh, round A investors, a seed round, or whatever, and then just throw all that money at uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube marketing. But that's bullshit because it really depends on your product, and you don't have to start with those crazy amounts. You need to test ground. You need to understand how your target audience responds. And in order to do that, the best way to do that is actually through influence, influencer marketing. So that's when you need to know, okay, uh, we need to find these kind of journalists, we need to find these kind of bloggers, this kind of influencers, Instagram influencers, and all that stuff, celebrities, whoever. So someone who can give you fast and targeted exposure. And uh, you need to start setting up those meetings uh, when at least 50% of the product is ready. That's when you will have some mock-ups already. That's when you will have a formulated idea of what it is. And when the, uh, when the MVP is going to be ready, that's where you tell those influencers like, okay, this product's going to be ready in three months. We're giving you a sneak peek of what it's going to be now. So are you excited? And then you pay them, well, in most cases. Um, basically, after that's done, uh, you will probably have like 10 to, yeah, I would say, I would start with five to 10 influencers per vertical, uh, but it's better to start with one vertical really in one location. It's a lot more manageable than just going nationwide right away. Uh, I would not recommend going nationwide unless you have unlimited resources and you're like 100% or 1000% sure that this idea is what the nation needs. But uh, basically go as lean as possible because the cost of the first mistake might be so great that your MVP will go to shit, you know, once it's released. The cost of the first mistake is is really great. I mean, in, in today's world, especially like if you get bad publicity, if you get you know if you get bad reviews and feedback from early users, but you went nationwide and all that stuff is recorded and all that stuff is in App Store. I mean, fixing that, I mean, it will it will take you forever. So better start really 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 lean, very local, very niche, so that you could fix stuff. I mean, we usually start like all the all the startups. That, uh, that we that we've been with, and uh, what my company developed, and you know our own products, we always start with two to three influencers right away, and uh, we develop really close relationships with them, and uh, we ask them to provide us with ten to one hundred people. Just one hundred people is tops. That's not even the alpha version. That's basically like pre-alpha, just to see how people even react to these colors, to these buttons, like how much time they're spending on this. And usually when you ask for, you know, 10 to 100 people, you get the most dedicated people because it's not like a, a wide, you know, wide release or not a big release. So people actually tend to help you because they understand that this is like a pre-alpha, so they need to give you candid feedback. If you tell them, hey, here's the, here's the product, go test it out, they will actually treat it as a final product and they will give you, you know, all the, all, all the bullshit about it. But you don't need that at that point. At that point, you just need to see the patterns of usage and uh, go as small as possible. Just go, you know, 10 to, to 100 people. It gives you enough data to work with. Uh, just go with three to five to 10 maybe influencers. Um, so initially, I would say pre-alpha, you would be working with 500 to 1,000 people. And that data is just, it's plenty, okay? Uh, especially since you don't know how to handle that data. Because all you have right now, technically, is a technical team that's developing your product. But uh, now you need to find ways to process that data. And uh, for that, you need to have separate people. 
you need to have all the graphs, you know, uh, you're, you might ask your developers to create some scripts that will help you out with the data better. But again, you will be learning how to deal with your kind of data because there are no uh, out-of-the-box solutions or no you know, standard ways of doing that. Basically, what you're looking for is patterns of usage, time, uh, feedback from people. Actually, the best way is the old-school way, basically contacting those 1,000 people, uh, I don't know, split that uh, between your team members, give everyone like 100 people or 200 people, five people a day or 10 people a day. Just go and interview those people. Understand what the real pattern of usage is. Don't just look at the numbers. The numbers won't tell you the story behind those numbers. So those 11 steps, uh, those 11 steps, uh, let, me, let me list them again. Break down the vision to figure out what the MVP is really like. Estimate development effort for MVP, get quotes from corporate attorneys who deal with startups, and get the best price for a C corporation setup, terms and investor contract preparations. Once you have all the numbers, create pitch deck, pitch your investor and get the final approval, form the company, sign the investor contract, open bank account, receive your first, first payment from the investor, start development, and set up meetings with power users when at least 50% of the product is ready and MVP release data is reliable. That's it. That's it. Uh, that will give you plenty of information and data to work with before your MVP is actually released and you will be more than ready for that release because at that moment when you have that 50% or 70% of the product ready, like one month before the MVP, you will already have plenty of data to work with. You will already know what works, what doesn't, or maybe you need to d delay your, your your release right now, or maybe you need to add more stuff to it, or maybe you know stuff that you hoped would work actually didn't find any response in the you know in your users' hearts. Uh, who knows? I mean, that stuff is never predictable. Unless you're in B two B, then you know it's uh, that's a little simpler. Simpler, and actually, a lot of venture capitalists they prefer to work with B two B products because you know you can calculate a lot of the uh, well. A lot of stuff can be really precise before you even release the product because you get to talk to all those companies that you, you will be selling this to and you can get like pre-orders and stuff. But if you're in a consumer application uh, business or if you're building an ecosystem or a platform that's supposed to grow and be big and you are targeting consumer market, then that stuff is usually unpredictable. It requires very high level of uh, trust and uh, enthusiasm both on your end and your investor's end. And, you know, if there's synergy there, then it's going to work. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to upload this now and I'll see you tomorrow.